Gamescast. Johnny's interrupting. I am your host, Filtercord. With me today, Johnny Riot. Hey, I thought we were going to talk a little bit before we actually went into the intro like we normally do, so my bad. Well, this is not live, so no one cares. <laughs> Folks. Although, I guess when we're live, nobody cares either. Yeah, and also and, because uh, we just banter a little bit, and then uh, Jay normally grabs a, a, a segment of what we talked about and bludgeons that into the clips it around the and, yeah. yeah usually it's me complaining about having to teach people how to do excel or something yep and you heard uh, major potty so that means we are all here without night swarm today which is why we're not Howdy. live i could not be fucked to try to figure out how to uh get a live stream going so uh yeah i mean i guess we've been kind of talking a little bit uh i'm sure everybody will be shocked to know that we've been talking about Elden ring um oh you guys have. I've still yet to yeah. drop into that, but maybe I'll, I'll just figure once I'll, mail I get my, I'll mail you my copy. <laughs> None of my consoles have disk drives. Yeah. <laughs> like here, have this. <laughs> so we can get a USB uh, Blu-ray uh, uh, HD HD converter DVD uh, drive. drive. <laughs> yeah, plug in, and then uh, you got to make sure it's still. So you can't uh, you can't be jumping around or anything, but I think it'll be able right. to play it pretty well. Dude, I'm waiting for the day that Sony releases an add-on to turn your discless PS5 into a disk drive PS5. It makes it like three <laughs> times. I want bigger. that to happen. I want that to happen. Now. It uses every port. Yeah. <laughs> I can't and believe I- that. Uh, Remember how Microsoft was with the Xbox One? They were really trying to like do the all-in-one media center thing. Oh yeah, that's why they pushed believe- the Kinect and everything. I can't believe they haven't made one that is a router. Like, the Xbox itself is a router. Right? That is fascinating. It's kind of god what would What would be the benefit of that? You just That it looks cool? It just, it just looks cool. Well, why the, Why does the PlayStation look like that? If it's not well, a router. I mean... Uh, it right. looks amazing. So Ugly. Yep. Looks great. I mean, I'm not saying it's... that the Xbox looks good. Because that's certainly not true. Looks like a mini-fridge. I keep forgetting I have an Xbox because it's at the corner of my black computer desk. Yeah. And it's being covered with the shadow of my PS5. So yeah. it's kind of like it's just camo over there. It's like, oh, that's actually a thing. That's not a shadow. Speaking that's of... That's why, uh, like, um, my Series S because it goes with uh, the PS5's coloration. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. The Series S is tiny, man. Oh, it's From, weird how small that thing is, but it's yeah, awesome. Dude, I still remember the day that I saw that one at Best Buy, and I was like, oh, I should get not this <laughs> because Best Buy was trying to sell one for 280 bucks that was literally no plugs. console only no cables right. no controller nothing wait a minute no power cable it had nothing it's wait a minute the Xbox doesn't use a standard power cable does it it's like a fairly specific uh, uh no, the let series, me look real quick consoles use a nah never power. mind Okay. Yeah, the series consoles are they they eliminated need for power brick and stuff. It's just a, a a higher gauge power cable is all, but it's still a normal cable. Like kind of like a yeah. PC cable with the like. Uh no, not even the chunky. Huh. No, I don't think it's not even that on an S. It's like the fucking USB. Like the little little uh. Two it's a USB C. It's the infinite. It's the infinite yeah. power cable. Just plug it into your phone charger. I just thought it was funny that I stopped into that Best Buy a couple weeks ago and was looking at stuff, and I was just like, I was just going to see if it was still there, and it was gone. That's Meaning wild. Meaning that it definitely Fully sold, sold out. online. 
Like it sold that 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 Series S that had nothing but the console for two hundred and eighty dollars. Definitely sold as an online order to a very angry person. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, I, that's that's really odd. How much does it really cost to throw in a power cable? Two bucks. I mean, that's it's, making a profit. It's so. I mean, it still sold. Yeah. I wonder if you can just buy the power cable on Amazon or something. I mean, yeah. that's the reason they sold it that way, is you can technically buy everything. That's right. really cool that, like, I feel like we talk about this a lot. It's really cool that all industries in the U.S., like retail, service, uh, you know, food, everything is, like, in a race to the bottom. I think oh, that's really yeah. cool. I, I really like when I buy, like, a new phone and it doesn't come with a charge cable. Like, that's just so cool. Like, I love that I pay extra to get an inferior product. Pay so more for gonna, less. I, yeah. I have to say awesome. that I get the marketing argument on that, though. No. Uh, like, when Apple switched to that way, I, even though I didn't... See, I fell victim to the whole, like, I didn't have Apple products when I bought mm-hmm. my new iPhone, so I did have to buy a power cable and stuff. Yep. But right. I... I get it from a marketing standpoint because that's one of those tiny because it's not a deal breaker like you can go fucking buy a cable but right. it's the, right but then your uh the, you know twelve hundred dollar phone is there. yeah your, your twelve hundred dollar phone is now fourteen hundred dollars well it's the american laziness that's there because now instead of getting right. a different phone you're like oh i might as well just get an iphone i already bought this cable <laughs> right because of right. one like eight dollar thing you're now stuck in that ecosystem because you're stubborn. That is awesome, you know, though, that the EU is going to force them to convert all of those over to USB-C at gunpoint. Well, here's the thing that's, like, really weird about this, that the iPad that I use is USB-C. Yeah. Yeah, same. Yeah, like, they had a generation of iPad where they switched over to USB-C, so why not the phone itself, too? Oh, the current pros do. The current iPad pros are still yep. USB-C. Oh, they are? Yeah, they're, okay. They're being, mm-hmm. they're being forced to switch back over, basically. Good. Yeah. I agree. It's um, just that all the all the chargers that you get now are C to C, like for the iPad yeah. Pros and stuff. They're USB C to USB C, so you still need one of those ridiculous USB C bricks. Yep, that's what I have is uh, USB C to USB C, which I'll occasionally use that cable to charge um, the PlayStation Five controller with. Yeah, C- it has um, a weird ass USB C port in the middle in the front for like no reason. CDs nuts. <laughs> Um, I actually been mean to ask you, Johnny, since uh, you switched from Android to iPhone. How's that been working out for you? Yeah, uh, not really noticeable. Not really noticeable. That's yeah, what I, I mean, one of the biggest reasons I did the switch was for messaging convenience. I yeah. really don't use my phone for enough more for it to matter. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I set up that Apple Arcade trial like two months ago. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I haven't touched. I downloaded two things and haven't touched either of them. Tumblestone. See, <laughs> many motorways. Uh, there was bridge constructors on there now too. Yeah, I just don't mess with that. I don't use my phone for enough. Although I do have the entire like for setting up resumes and stuff. It's been kind of cool. AirDrop's kind of cool because the wife uses yeah. it. Yeah. Um, I think my favorite thing is that, like, being able to AirDrop Wi-Fi connections to each other is kind of dope. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that that's little, a really useful one. Yeah, it's the dumb little really niche things that you use like once in a great while. They're like, right. oh, that was cool. Yeah, um, I on, on the daily though, there's nothing. Like it's it is what it is. I was wondering because like lately, I don't know if like I'm just going through like grass is always greener syndrome or something like that. But I've been like iPhone since like the beginning of owning a smartphone and stuff. But I've never really delved into Android, and I was granted this is going to be years from now because I just got my phone like last year, and I've been kind of like starting to look more into Android, seeing like what the 
you know what any if there is any benefits or anything Dude, I, would, I would honestly say if anything like get a cheap android tablet somewhere and play around with it it doesn't even have to be mm -hmm. the most recent yeah. version you're going to understand most of it anything that you need for something faster you've already got get an right. old like cheap android tablets to play around with the idea of i can custom do whatever i want on this and then you'll okay. never actually do any of that Yep. Got um, it. See, that's, that's what I've been wondering. It's like, like it's more open source, and you can do more with it. But like, you can't. Would, when would I though? Yeah. What? Well, yeah. One of the cool things you can do is download a bunch of shit that's not allowed on the Play Store, and it's like, right? I, like theoretically, <laughs> you can do it on a uh, on a iPhone as well. I guess. Like, it's just harder yeah. to get it to take stuff that they don't want you to have. Yeah, right. Also, it's apparently, awesome. uh, the iPhone like privacy stuff where they're not like tracking for ad. stuff revenue and shit anymore cost facebook like a billion and a half dollars or something so that's awesome see yeah that's one like that's the other thing that like i've been looking at like ios and like maybe it's just not maybe this is grass is always greener and i've just had this for so long and been wrapped up in this ecosystem i mean you know if if one of them was actually better the other one wouldn't exist like right. they're just they're doing slightly different things yeah i mean we all saw what happened to windows phones right that, that was actually an inferior product <laughs> yeah well, you know, they, they made they some had no market. on that. I had one. Yeah. I was. Just, I yeah. almost got one, but I didn't. I thought in college it was going to be like, oh, I can like work on my Word documents and shit while I'm on the go. Like, this is going to be right. a good idea. Uh, turns out I was at college, so I was never on the go. <laughs> right. So, I don't know. Maybe if I lived in a city that had bus routes, I would have been able to take advantage of that. But... <laughs> Yeah, so, um, yeah, I guess let's cover a little bit of what we've been playing. So, um, outside of Elden Ring, which I think we're going to have a little medium discussion on, um, I was playing through the uh, the Whitethorn digital game Lake. Remember that one where you're like a postal worker in the yeah, 70s or whatever? When, I remember when that got announced and we were like, yeah. oh, this looks kind of neat. It would be a fun experience to play maybe one time. Yep, so I did that, and uh, basically... With a lot of Whitethorn stuff, actually, I think we should probably try to get uh, Matthew on again. But um, with the uh, Whitethorn stuff, I pretty much anything that I think I'll ever have any interest in, I just buy it day one, or I help kickstart it, or whatever. Um, so yeah, I've had Lake installed for a little while. Finally went back and checked it out. Uh, it actually just came out on um, uh, PlayStation, so this could be—it's kind of timely, I guess. Uh, had been on Xbox for a while because it was like an indie on Xbox thing. I think it was on Game Pass or something. Maybe I was on a discount with gold or something. So there was some kind of Xbox pairing for a while that just expired. And um, I've been having a lot of fun with that. There's like a lot of uh, decision making and an in internal story that is not really clear from the trailer. Like it looks like this is a sim where you drive around and deliver mail, which it is. But uh, you're also like, you know, you're coming home after having worked out in the big city for a while, and it's kind of doing a Stardew Valley thing a little bit. So, having a lot of fun with that. Um, I think I'm pretty much at the end of the game right before the conclusion, but it, it's, it's got a lot more to it than you would think. Like, uh, I think I'm on my 13th or 14th day in-game. Yeah. Um, so it's it's kind of like, you know, you can sense that it's wrapping up and it's like, okay, if I had to do this, if I had to do like an additional 20 days or whatever, that would be too much. 
but I can sense that it's kind of it's it's getting there and the story is all kind of wrapping up and everything. So I think that it's really well paced, um, really interesting. A lot of little stuff you can do and rekindling like um, relationships and friendships with people from your hometown and stuff, and it's very interesting. And then uh, Brian, what have you been playing? Uh, still a lot of the same that I've been playing. Uh, I'm yeah wrapping up the legendary difficulty of the campaign with my warlock. I like I'm on the final mission and I'm like fighting Sabathun and stuff like that. I was playing it last night, so hopefully get that wrapped up and then I'll be essentially mostly caught up with most of the stuff that I need to do for all the three different types of characters that I created to get back into that series. Been playing more Tiny Tina's um, Wonderlands. I got a little bit further in the story and stuff like that. I've been really enjoying that and I hopefully we'll finish up destiny so that way i can get more into wonderlands because like some of the jokes in there have just really been getting to me and i've really been <laughs> uh enjoying that uh, i did download uh fortnite back to my xbox and gave the uh the no build modes a shot and that was Hell pretty yeah. fun um i like the new uh like uh movement mechanics that they added to that like the uh, mantling and uh, sliding and all all that stuff and everything so I that could be something that like I could gravitate towards like if I got like 5 to 15 minutes to kill before I have to like leave to go somewhere I could see myself jumping back into just playing a couple games of that or something cause like you can do that and then if it doesn't matter. It's just like it's something that you can just hop in for fun or something like that. Uh, nice. Trying to think, like what else? I did buy um, the uh, Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga. God, I've been so tempted to get that. I, like I've seen so many fun things about that, and I yeah. that's another one I want to get into here. Yeah, I haven't put a lot of time into it, but it's good. Yeah. No, I've heard nothing but good things about it. Um like I like the setup that they have that like you can start at like essentially like whichever trilogy or movie that you wanted to and just go from that point I love that it's become meme worthy already that you can juggle younglings yep, yep. I've seen they that can't die so you can just like juggle them infinite in the air yep. yeah you can like uh, just go across chasms by just doing that it's awesome bring me a youngling I have to infinitely <laughs> Uh, Mario backwards jump glitch through the wall. <laughs> it's like the speedrunner video I sent to you guys a while ago yeah. for Elden Ring. Yeah. Dude, there's some ridiculous Elden Ring speedruns out there right now, which is still no surprise what I'm playing. Um, it's funny because I'm enjoying the game so stupid much that I have specifically not bought anything since Elden Ring. Um, Yesterday I did finally download Chrono Cross um, for the remaster because I told myself I would and I was waiting for it even though it got mixed reviews. I'm still really enjoying it, but I liked Chrono Cross back in the day. Um, mm -hmm. I'll let you guys know when I play more of it, but as of right now I'm just powering through it. I'm, I'm going to openly admit that I'm playing on the Switch so I don't care about achievements or trophies. So I am right. using like the fast forward and the auto battle and the you can't die in battle things all turned on so I can just plow through stuff for the story 
because that game takes three full playthroughs to unlock everybody, and that's a lot. Um, nice. Oh, wow. Elden Ring, though, I am still stubborn. I have not respect my character as I probably should, and I finally hit a couple walls. Uh, I now have two bosses that I'm at that I just am having the most trouble with, which makes sense. Um, one is apparently a very easy boss, according to everybody, that I just can't get by. So that's my. Is it a dog? No. no. <laughs> is it a dog? The dogs, like, I feel like my problem is I need to use some different summons because I'm seeing how broken some of them are. Right. But I've been watching these challenge run videos, and they've really inspired me to want to try new things. So I do want to, when I wrap up this, like, initial playthrough, I want to start very like D&D inspired class playthroughs like I want to do like a cleric playthrough where I only use like bludgeoning weapons and faith magic I want to do a sorcerer only where I'm using nothing but a staff and slinging spells and I, I might have like an extra side dagger or something tiny I can use um, I want to like do all these different kind of build outs just to challenge myself to focus down that way because the mm -hmm. other day I watched a 25 minute long video about how somebody did an entire playthrough as a pacifist run they dealt zero I think I damage. saw that video or I didn't watch it but I saw that pop up yeah, in my feed it, it was it was amazing because the person did no direct damage to enemies um, they, <laughs> he just kind of like Magood it Mr. Magood it the entire way through hell yeah they, they use summon they use summon ashes the entire time like in okay. and stuff so they would just sit back and they'd play they would have to use their uh, incantations to heal the summon but they were able to pull in in-game NPCs they weren't able to like actual pull in other players but they pulled in in-game NPCs eventually the the closest they came to breaking their own rule was that they would um, a bunch of really good gear and then use the summon uh, use the mimic tier summon to summon a, a clone of themselves <laughs> they wouldn't do the damage the super beefed out clone of them would go do all the damage Naruto <laughs> style um, nice. and then there's a there's an ability um, you can get uh, it's a faith based incantation that it doesn't do direct damage but it just pushes the enemy away from you so they would use that to push enemies off cliffs nice. yeah so that like I didn't kill you gravity did yeah. <laughs> I saw um, another thing to kind of like relate to that I don't know what the name of the boss was but whatever one that has like a meteor stage to it where he just like goes up in the air and like comes down like a meteor apparently people have been standing like next to cliffs and just having them just like completely shoot past you and just fall off the edge of the world or something like that there's a, there's a couple enemies that will like glitch through and honestly the, the physics in the game are probably what are broken the most for different enemies and stuff um, yeah there was a very early on speedrun strat somebody found that involves you being close to a ledge and having an enemy grapple you as it pulls you off the ledge because if you're in the grapple you can't mm -hmm. take fall damage so they were using that for a while um, there are some enemies you can make clip through the floor and, and it will kill them that way which is weird um, the most recent speed run though is stupid because it's like 12 and a half minutes long and the person only actually fights one enemy the entire game like one boss uh, but it involves just the zips it just zips you across the map um, in different ways and there's actually routing in the works to avoid even fighting that boss just to get past everything <laughs> actually have to fight a single boss to beat the game so there's essentially going to be a no bosses run that's going to be crazy um, it's such a weird game and the more patches come out for it the crazier it gets 
because it's like, oh, we rebalanced this. Oh, this patch made this boss easier. Oh, well, this patch makes that boss hard again because he actually wasn't supposed to get easier last time. So it's it's been really back and <laughs> forth, and I love it. Um, but I haven't even finished it yet. And what's crazy for me is I get to go back and wrap up these new NPC quest lines that are getting more and more fleshed out as updates happen. And it's really creating a gray area on were these just incomplete thoughts at the start or is this stuff that people thought hey I don't want to waste that character let's give that NPC more stuff to do um, and considering right. none of this stuff is paid I think it's still really cool I, I still think that the fact that this game is growing as it is and it's not costing anyone any extra is pretty dope absolutely I and hopefully that's just the model that other developers look to from this point forward. God, I wish. Interesting. Yeah, I am interested to see, like, I, we've kind of talked about this, but, like, how will other games, the way that games were impacted by Breath of the Wild, games are going to be impacted by Elden Ring. Like, it is going to right. change how future open world games play out, right? Right. So no, there's it's just a lot of good. Kind of. Like, a... I, I mean, I, I think I'm pretty much gotten all I'm going to get out of it, which is like, I don't know, eight hours, something like that. Yeah. Well, it's just kind of like a testament of just like iteration and development and stuff like that. Everything's just right. iterating off the success of others, and right. um, everyone's like being elevated because of that. Yeah. So, um,. Yeah, getting into the news a little bit. It's mostly um, announcements. It's announcement, announcement um, season for sure. Announcement season yep. for sure. Is, uh, nobody wants to try to come out against Elden Ring. Um, right. Yeah, on or... uh, on Epic Games uh, this week up until midday on Thursday is uh, Rogue Legacy and Vanishing of Ethan Carter. A good mix. So Rogue Legacy is like a roguelike... Uh, uh, platformer side scroller right and then uh, vanishing of ethan carter is one of the big um like breakout uh walking simulator games basically and there's also a uh, pinball fx early access i'm sure you can guess what that is but uh Bugs. yeah a lot of um i guess like yeah it, unreal announcements tech demos and uh new game announcements basically for the week. So the first one is um, the the Coalition, Gears of War developer, has been working on the Unreal Engine 5 and they showed off a tech demo called The Cavern which is basically, what, it's showing off a few different scenes, basically? Yeah, it um, looks like it shows off almost kind of like um, I don't know, like old ruins and stuff like that with yeah. uh, a floating, you know shiny diamond in the center of it and everything. Love that. Yeah, so Sonic 3 yeah so the thing that like kind of stands out to me on this isn't so much the reflective surfaces of the we'll just call it for lack of a better term alien artifact but just like the way that the rock and all yeah. the uh, like natural surfaces look with that lighting that's the thing that really stuck yeah. out to me and gave this like a very realistic look to it i agree yeah the 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 fine texture work and like the environment's ability to work with existing objects in the environment are amazing yeah um 
I don't know, like you said, it's it's iterating, right? Like, it's early uh, 3D stuff on, like, PlayStation 1. Everything was a square. Everything was flat. And we've yeah. basically just been adding detail onto that over time. Um, so this is, like, just continuing to do that, where it, it is a lot harder. And I think anybody who's familiar with the marketing of, like, the new consoles and stuff will mm-hmm. you know, understand this, where it's, like, pitching the PlayStation 4 over the PlayStation 3 was already kind of difficult and they did the like uh oh we can have like 10,000 uh objects in this canyon isn't that impressive and it's like okay and then they were like in the new system they were like we can have 10,000 objects in a canyon and it has dynamic lighting and it's like you know it it ends up being much more visually interesting right but um it's just kind of hard to describe as a marketing term yeah, right, a when they have it all wrote out and everything like that, right. it's harder to convey that improvement over to people. Yeah. The, when it comes to this kind of stuff, the, the, the biggest thing is that it really is literally, dude, you just gotta see it. Exactly. It, it's, it's always gonna be that, no matter what you try to say, you can't imagine the difference because you're either gonna overshoot it or undershoot it if you're just imagining it. You've gotta right. see it, because nothing right. can fully... And sometimes you got to see it multiple times because you're missing little things. You're missing the tiniest things. So you got to see it and then break it down to explain yeah. to somebody what you're seeing. Is it? There's a thought that comes across on this and stuff that I don't know. Occasionally I think about. It. It's like, is there a negative by being too hyper realistic, and we kind of lose a lot of the style that gets put into the animation that is done in gaming? Is something being lost by pursuing hyper Yes, probably. I, it's it's a so I'm glad you said that because looking at just the still uh, on like the the screen grab they have for the video before you click play on any of it, um, yeah. it gave me instant vibes of something way back. And I I know I'm just overthinking it or or it's just it clicked a part of my brain that made me think about it. When you start focusing on the the hyper realism or the, that aspect of it what can you lose elsewhere mm-hmm. you know where does your focus start going um and it's funny because this this image um of the dude holding what looks like the crystal and everything just mm-hmm. took me back to think of the order for ps4 yep <laughs> that game was so, yeah that game was so absolutely gorgeous and it was yeah, such yeah, an it was. awesome story but there was just no gameplay to it well it, right. yeah it was so expensive and taxing to just make that little i mean what it, it it's like a five-hour game, right? Yeah, yeah, five, like that. It's very short. It was a, it was awesome, but but what was there was extremely high quality, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, it's nah, too bad that. Order again. Yeah, so yeah, it, and it, you know, it was too expensive on. to get a sequel. It didn't really make money. Um, it was great for what it was, but yeah. it just did a tech not, demo, it, basically. Yeah, it was, and it was, it did such a good job at it. Yeah. Um, if that, if that thing would have been positioned like how Astro's Playroom was for the mm-hmm. PS5, oh, that would have been such a game changer. Yep. You know, to let that be something free, that's an experience on there for people to play through and pursue it as that. Don't pursue it as this big, like, genre-defining or genre-defying, like, game right. that is going to be a whopping five hours for someone to get the Platinum on and then never play it. Right. Yeah. Because it is really good. The problem is, like, I have never had the opportunity or the desire to go back and actually finish it 
because mm-hmm. I played like a, I played a, a tech demo of it. I played a demo of it before it actually launched, and that was enough for me. Yeah, it's one of those games where you want to sit down and play it all at once and then be done because yep. it's wowing you. And then once that that's, once that has time to settle in and bake in, you're like, oh, okay. And then you yeah you notice other games aren't up to that visual standard or little things like right. that, but you don't care because you're enjoying the other games. Exactly. Well, like I was thinking along even on the terms of like once everything kind of achieves um, a real world aesthetic to it and stuff, or at least most stuff to. Obviously, things like um, platformers and stuff like that will probably stick more towards like a stylish thing. But, like, when Call of Duty looks exactly the same as Battlefield, that looks exactly the same as Rainbow Six. Whereas, like, when you look at the games now, while they do trend, trend towards realism, you can still tell, like, the, the style choice differences between those, like, three games there or something like that. But when everything achieves this, everything starts to kind of blend together, and I'm wondering if we'll lose something like I don't know it's something it's the thought that I've been kind of in my head it's like are we losing style in because the limitations that the artists and developers had to deal with in order to produce a product there made them use creative solutions and now we have this thing that like you it looks like a rock that you're actually you could hold in real life and stuff like that is is there some art that is being lost to that and that's something that I've been kind of thinking about yeah, I think a big so like being on the trying to be on like the cutting edge of graphics. I think the main yeah. negative that we're going to see in the future is just that it's going to be aged, right? So like Right. It's like all of the remember all of the CG that was coming out in like movies in 2002. Mhm. And like at the time it was like, "Oh my god, this looks amazing." Like the the little simple CG that they did in like I don't know, the, like, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies and things yeah. like that, like, looked really impressive at the time. You almost couldn't even notice that there was any CG. But then nowadays, if you look back at it, it looks like dog shit. Right. Know? Because we've we've progressed so quickly. Um, so, yeah, like you said, like, there's the downside of, like, everything looks the same because it's all just based on real life. Yeah. And then the, the added downside of it's going to look like shit in five years. Although I guess that's not true of the order. Like, I think the order still holds up. So right. Maybe that's not true. Maybe it, maybe we'll reach a point of realism where it's basically ageless. And it yeah. just looks like a, you know. And I, th- I think we'll reach that maybe quicker than we realize. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, sorry to bring this down on a downer note or something. No, like that. It's just, it, yeah, it was just, it was a thought that kind of occurred to me. It's like, man, this looks, and that's the thing about this too. It's just like, this looks so impressive. It's just like, if you were to show this to us like 10, 15, 20 yeah. years ago, it would just like, our minds would have melted at this. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's just, this is, looking at the canyon with the windmills and stuff like that like this just looks like something that you would be like driving through out west or something mm-hmm. so um you know we, we got a lot of games that are being announced for uh unreal engine 5 and different studios saying they're they're migrating to unreal 5 uh one of those is the new announcement of the next tomb raider game from uh uh uh, 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 uh crystal dynamics 
I can't believe that they're still allowed to make anything that's not Final Fantasy. I was kind of shocked because, like, I thought... Um... They've been getting roasted by their owner. Well, I mean, well like we've said decade. multiple times before, yeah. Square Enix does not know what their expectations are. Yeah. They, right. Like, nothing that they ever publish lives up to their expectations. Hmm. But the Tomb Raider series has done extensively well. Like yeah. they have yeah. we've got a full on trilogy that already exists. And and honestly, we kind I we all kind of saw this coming. We we had to have seen this coming. Mm. Well, I was kind of wondering announced. because I thought the last game was supposed to be like that was it and that was the end of the story. That's the thing that caught me by surprise by that. It was just like I thought, all right, we're going to do this three game arc story with Lara Croft and that's it as far as our run for Tomb Raider was going to go. Well, I mean, that entire three-game run was like her origin story and her coming right. into her own. Okay. Kind of like how if you... I, it's stupid them doing this. Uh, I, I, You swing it over to like the Spider-Man movies that came out. How, yeah, there was three of them, but like for once, the first one wasn't the origin story. All three of them were the origin story. Mm-hmm. And right. yeah, each of the games has has been self-contained, especially the first one, because they didn't know if they were going to be able to make more. Yeah. So right. um, they've all kind of, if you just look at it flatly, they've all been able to end on their own. Um, That's true. Well, yeah. I've I can only say that for the first two. I still yet to play um, the third one, which I probably should download that. I managed to pick that yeah. up during the it's good Epic Games' uh, free games during the holidays. Yeah, because yeah, they because they gave us that triple pack. Yep. Like, yep. that was the other big thing. Like, they just recently brought the game... Didn't they, they just bring the... Like, they just did the triple pack. They just brought the games up with updated features to newer systems. So we, we all kind of had to expect that the new Tomb Raider was going to be happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm glad to see it. It is one of those few that, whereas, yeah, it's never going to live up to Square Enix's expectations, it's still going to be a success. Um, they've been a success this entire time, not as successful as they want them to be, but I think that Square Enix just really needs to start using a different yardstick for success. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, and it's it is wild too because again we'll we'll talk about some other uh, movement from them from later on. But it's like their their big flagpole stuff from Square Enix doesn't do particularly well. It does good, but it's not like they're releasing like breakout mega hits like Elden Ring or something, right? Right. So it's well, it if, is weird how they have these like insane expectations for other studios, which, like you know, they they want Crystal Dynamics to make a Tomb Raider game, which has never been a particularly huge franchise, yeah. and then they want them to sell like a hundred quadrillion copies, and it's like they outperform most of your shit that you think is doing well, like how do, how can you say that they're doing badly if they're outperforming you? You know what I mean? It, it's just very odd. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I I like the Tomb Raider games. They're fine. They're yeah slightly below like Uncharted game or whatever, which is I don't know nine out of ten, eight out of ten, something like that. So yeah, they're, they're like they're seven or thing. eight. They're like, good. I know we talked about it a lot before with like when the Tomb Raider remakes really happened. It was because they took that inspiration from Uncharted, which took its inspiration from Tomb Raider. Very funny. So it was that very big like snake eating. These <laughs> like well, yeah, which which you know originally took from Indiana Jones and the fact that there was not really something like that didn't really exist in the game market, right? So like it's right. all yeah, like you said, a snake eating itself. Ironically, because Indy didn't like snakes. Do a crossover. <laughs> 
Lara Croft. <laughs> I'm 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 calling it right now. Lara Croft in the Tomb Raider: Return of the Tomb Raider Four will meet old Indiana Jones, not played by Harrison Ford. <laughs> played by Troy Baker. It was just like Tomb Raider's gonna be. It'll do well. Tomb Raider will yeah. do well enough. It won't live up to their expectations. It'll be. A, it'll quote unquote bomb as far as they're concerned. Yep. But I'm anxious to know if it's gonna end up being one of those that drops on one system versus the other. Other is like exclusive for a minute, like we saw in past games. Mm. What that? Because that's probably gonna be. Honestly, I think that's gonna be something they'll need. Um. Because to be fair, one of the reasons the Tomb Raider games did so well is because they were locked to one console for a minute. Because it generated that talking point, that hype of, well, I don't get to play it because I'm on this console versus that console, and then eventually the complete edition is what got released on the other console. Right. So it'll, it'll go back and forth. I'm, I, I want to see how it goes this time around, but I, I do think that's going to be another necessary evil to keep it in the conversation. Um, well, I think even at one point, um, you're talking about the second uh, Tomb Raider game. That even got released as a PlayStation Plus game because I think that's how I got it on PlayStation. Oh yeah, like between the three of them, yeah. they went back and forth and like had bonus content with one that wasn't with the other version, and like it, it's it it needs to it's probably going to happen again. And like I said, just to keep it in the conversation. Otherwise, yeah. we're at a point now where so many big things are getting released, or so many things period are getting released, mm-hmm. that it takes that stupid exclusivity conversation to happen to to keep a game relevant. Um, right. a lot of the times and I think for someone like Square Enix who is never happy with their own product it's going to take something like that to, to give them either A, an excuse to fall back on uh, or B, something to help drive it yeah now that makes sense to me uh, speaking of old games making a comeback <laughs> right one of the best um, to ever do it, Remedy yeah, uh, and Rockstar can, uh, yeah. I'm torn on that though so if, if any if any studio can do an amazing job with any series, I'm yep. gonna give it to Remedy. Yeah. Um, and it looks like Rockstar just needs a little bit of money in some better place because Correct. Red Dead and Grand Theft Auto ain't cutting it anymore. Um, we're getting Max Payne one and two remade. That's with awesome. Remedy at the helm. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for this. Um. These are games that I didn't get into just because of their age, basically, and like the yeah. non-ease of playing them. Um, but with all of the extra experience and the, the much more action-oriented games that Remedy has done in between, I think that they're ready to come back and you know remake Max Payne 1 and 2 and really make them something special. And they're focusing this on current-gen consoles, too. The series, right. um, Xbox series, yeah, and PlayStation 5 and PC future so yeah with that focusing they're really going to be able to push these games to an incredible new level god the facial animation on the original games it's just, it's just straight <laughs> up a picture of sam like it's like wrapped on it is wild like the games actually are like super interesting they were like the first ones to do like bullet time in a big way yeah sort of um i mean let me actually even look and the uh, uh, Max Payne 1 release date. Um, the original Max Payne came out in 2001, so like right after um, The Matrix. So you know they were getting huge on, on getting the attention through that. 
So Dude, that's that's something that Genius. needs to be incorporated more is uh games Sam that Lake. No, when you were talking about uh the face is just wrapped onto Yeah. <laughs> the That needs to come back. The model or something like um all the games where it was customized characters that allowed for camera features that you can just uh I know like was the new wrestling game you can do this I guess or something. Mm. But remember back in like the age of like Rainbow Six Vegas one and two, you could do that and like they just look goofy as hell yep. when uh with your face just wrapped around your character model. That is something that needs to make a comeback more That's often. Awesome. Yep, I like I, I, I Remedy is again one of those game studios that I will always just give them the initial check like they, they always pass the vibe check yeah. um, so they, go for it remake it redo it I'm, I'm ready I'm ready for Max Payne and I will be watching the, the uh, movie with Marky Mark as well so I, <laughs> I feel like the, the big thing is this did raise some questions for me on like do we need Max Payne 1 and 2 remakes no. though like well I'm wondering if like enough time has passed that like this is a way to get a new market for these games and stuff well not because... just that but I, I feel like this is like a a programming and, and design exercise for Alan Wake 2 yeah right. I feel like this is literally just practice like them yeah. doing this is just them learning the the new engine and like learning how to do everything in a different way it's practice work because yeah they were like iconic games back then but nowadays that oh they're absolutely not anymore yeah that kind of like very (laughs) linear yeah scene by scene shooter is not good like i i go back even further and i look at like siphon filter that i loved on ps1 Mm -hmm game is yeah, this, trash now. The stuff did not Even age if you tried well. to remake that in a new setting, like as a new gen game, it would never succeed. There's Hold on, I wonder what kind of gameplay uh, changes they would make to that to make it more modern. That's a great question. Like, this is, I, I look at this as an exercise for them. Uh, I, I, I hopefully don't see this being a full-on $60 or $70 release, even if it's going to be both games because again we didn't really like i feel like this would be a good 40 dollars spot hell yeah i agree because it's it's literally already there it's there's no real creativity happening especially if this is kind of an exercise like we were saying Mm -hmm. then that would be like okay we make a little bit of cash on this to help fund development of the stuff we're actually pushing yeah but primarily it's to generate interest generate a little extra revenue and just help us keep it moving you know yeah, I, I think that's fl- ideal helping them flex those muscles I really think that actually this should happen way way more often so we see like um, is it for for spoken is the the creation of that tech demo into an actual game right for I think that sounds right yeah, yeah. for spoken um, for spoken you're talking so about that... the um, PlayStation exclusive that's coming oh, right, out right 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 So, yeah, that is that was a tech demo that they said, yeah, you know what, fuck it, let's make a game. I mean, ultimately, uh, in a way, Detroit Become Human was that, right? It was originally the Kara uh, tech demo. Right. So I actually think that we need to see more of this comeback of big studios doing little experiments and putting them out, maybe at a lower price point, maybe not, Forspoken is full price. But um, 
you know, it's like, okay, ultimately what we're doing here is figuring out Unreal Engine 5. Yeah. So, like, we made something interesting in that. So it would be great if you gave us some money for that training time that we did. I just think it's Mm -hmm. an excellent alternate income stream for game devs to, like, release their demos and their their experimentation and their little messing around as a cheaper product. What do you think... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, it would would be kind of like if we got an announcement of a new um, Infamous game, and then Mm -hmm. they decided to bring us a remaster of one using this new engine. Right, just to get a feel for it, and just to get back into the the vibe. Now, I can also see that, like, if you work on something for five years, you don't want to add two and a half extra years of just warming up for it, right? But that's not really what we're seeing with stuff like this, I don't think. Well... My question is, uh, what do you think of the likelihood that this ends up being coming like an Xbox Game Pass and or PlayStation Plus That's premium? That's a great idea. Uh, you know that it just gets released to that, right? Or, to essentially, those two services. yeah. The the it's not even publisher. The platform itself pays you to do this development work so that they get a better game from you in the future. I think that's right. a great idea. I think so too. No. Yeah. So Whether that's the actual Rockstar thing that will happen. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully everybody agrees. Uh, now that we've spoken it into the world, um, you know, free to uh, steal. No TMs on this one. So, um, speaking of TMs and teaming up with uh, platforms, uh, the LEGO Group and Epic Games team up to build a place for kids to play in the metaverse. So, I don't like about half of those words yeah, that's, that, <laughs> neither that, that do I. The, I i don't like I don't new like roblox some disrupt. of those words i don't like some of those words as is like on standalone. like children i kids. really don't yep. like those <laughs> words like put together that way i don't like kids i don't like metaverse i don't like place honestly <laughs> i don't like play now i will say i do have one positive to this though if there's anywhere I want piles of Lego to be, it's it's in the metaverse because I don't have to step on them. Exactly. Well, if they invent my new tactile uh, gamer socks that I've been pitching to every studio, maybe you will be well, able to step on them. You mean like uh, you pitching and socks ever again? <laughs> I'm I'm a I'm a sock expert. I've pitched all kinds of shit into socks. Oh God. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> there's Man, nary what? a non-crusty sock in this house. <laughs> this one's getting demonetized. Uh, Have any been monetized? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> um, yeah, so after that, uh, I'm sure Brian will be excited to hear that Halo Infinite Season 2 is going to be launching in early May. Um, they're kind of showing off some of the what new <sighs> premium armor sets and stuff like that. Um, yeah, it... They're saying that this is going to be a shorter season. Um, the reason why this current season was so long is because they were trying it was the to buy up time. the initial launch of the game. Yeah. yeah, and they're trying to buy up time to um, get more content developed for this. Essentially, yeah. I think it's sa- like the safe to say that like Halo came out a little too hot from the oven and needs some. T- yep. um, definitely needs some time for it. Yeah. Um, but it does seem like they're adding some good stuff in here, like the ability to actually earn credits towards like a potential another battle pass here will be available in when in the uh, season two battle pass. 
They are adding a few more maps as well as a new game mode, but it still kind of sounds like, yeah, it's one arena map and one big team map, which still makes it feel kind of sparse as far as like actual multiplayer maps go, especially when you look back onto um, just the list of maps that these games used to release with just on day one and stuff. And I just can't help but feel like it still feels a little bit sparse on here, but I'll remain excited to see like what they add in here. I kind of fell off the game like a month ago to get back into Destiny because I kind of realized yeah. that like as much as I love the gameplay of it, I think I'm more of a PvE person than a player versus player person. Yeah. And as it currently stands right now, um, Halo is still very well. Multiplayer experiences are still very much player versus player. I would love to see them bring back like Fortnite or some sort of like horde mode or something like that. And I'll also go as far as to say, like, I think at this point, they really should consider bringing it uh, in a battle royale. I think I think Halo is a game that is prime for a battle royale mode, especially when you factor in, like, all the guns are supposed to be meant to be balanced with one another, depending, so long as you're good enough to know how to use them. Right. And then on top of that, when you factor in the just the world that that stuff exists in think the way i choose to i would do it if it were me is you know how on typical battle royales the maps close in because insert phenomena is drawn you know reaching the center point as the time goes on yeah. with halo especially with like the way the halo ring is set up you could just have like entire chunks of like the map just fall off and stuff with because like everything is set up to be on like these floating hexagonal pieces and stuff like that i mean the part where you're in the campaign is a section that got blown up and is like actively being repaired and stuff so like all your regular land masses are just sitting on like these hexagonal pieces i think that would be so dope like as time goes on just like parts of the map just completely fall off that would be so funny yeah yeah i think uh, they have a lot of like room to do yeah weird stuff i i think that that's the key is that they need to like there's a lot of potential there past, yeah they need yeah. to break past the expectation yeah there's a lot of potential they just need to capitalize on that and stuff they have a lot at their disposal they could use i it just I think just this might be just a victim of just coming out a little too early. Granted, yep. like I still find myself thinking about like the campaign and how much fun that was and some of the really good moments that they had at uh humanizing uh Master Chief and stuff like that with some of the mm -hmm. cinematics that they had there. Have you been watching the show at all? No, and I've been meaning to, I just haven't had the time. I know that the first episode is available for free on YouTube and I thought about catching it on there. And then I know that if you are a Game Pass subscriber, you can get a th was a thirty day trial for Paramount Plus. Yep, and if you are a uh, T Mobile customer, you can get a year of Paramount Plus for free. Okay, so yeah, I I've been thinking about maybe giving at least episode one a shot. I've been hearing mixed things about it, um, yeah. which kind of has yeah. given me pause. Like I. I know initially, like, they says, like, we're going to do kind of, like, an Elseworlds uh, alternate history kind of story with that. Mm -hmm. I'm like, cool, that's a good idea. Could be Get, cool. Yeah, you know, yeah. give yourself a little bit more creative freedom and stuff like that. Yep. But then I've been kind of, like, hearing some of the things that people have been saying about, like, what they're doing with the story and stuff. And it's kind of cooled me on the expectations of it. Yeah. Uh, 
I honestly there is an idea that um, I saw get floated out by Paris Lily um, where they should have done the show where it's like it is like the actual canon but it's not focused around Master Chief he's there but the story is revolving around like say two marines or something like that and it's mm, like from that's their the, uh, that's the um, Star Wars method that's like okay set it in that world and those things yeah. all exist but don't focus on them because you can kind of get into weird territory that you're always yeah. gonna piss somebody off. Do you remember yeah. Halo? Do you remember ODST? <laughs> oh my god, I loved that, ODST. Um, I freaking love. I know a lot yeah. of people hated ODST. I loved ODST. Well, think about like, uh, did you see Forward Unto Dawn? Yes, I did. Like that was amazingly I, done. Where it's like, yeah, you know, Master Chief is there, but he shows up. At, you know, at first the. Uh, it's, the, it's about initial, Captain Lasky. Yeah. Right. The initial Covenant attack is like horrifying. Like, right. It's it's actually like really well done horror and like um and then when even when Master Chief shows up, he is like a monster to other people. Right. You know they're like and, afraid of him. And awesome. I I think and like I hear like the show like you know they're showing his face in episode one. They're showing his, they ass, show his ass in episode three. Yeah. Um, they're trying Master to Chief. humanize him. But like the thing about like Chief's story, at least as far as in the games, that like actually makes this what uh, anyways, like right. he yeah he is dehumanized, mm-hmm. and over the course of all these games, he's slowly trying to understand his place in humanity of it beyond just like oh I was given an order I must do this and stuff, and that's kind of like right. the play that you get between uh, John and Cortana. Like, Cortana is his human element and stuff like that. And, like, is the one that grounds him and everything. Which, is, you know, is ironic because she is not... She is completely artificial. She shouldn't be the humanizing element and stuff. And that... So the two just kind of complement each other on that. And that's something that I've always, like, just really enjoyed about the Halo series. Is just, like... Not all, uh, as well as, like, the just grand space battle opera that you have going on. But, like, some of the subtle... Uh, subplots that are going on with uh, with the characters, but I I was thinking about Paris Lily's suggestion, and then I thought about like one step further. They have a character in mainline canon that they could use as your your main character for that story for a canon uh, series. Mm-hmm. Sergeant Major Avery Johnson, have him be your main character, so he doesn't have to always be there around Chief, but you have a humanized person that you could follow around and who's there for a lot of the big scenes. Mm-hmm. I think that would be an awesome way to do it. Yeah. But yeah, there's a lot of like, things you can do. I mean, I think the, the big staying power, I guess of halo is the world building that they've done. Like all the book series yes. and everything. And like, especially know, if you got... get into like the forerunner stuff, that stuff oh, right, is just right. That, that stuff gets bizarre. I mean, it's like, uh, it's like any other big sci-fi thing like Dune or whatever, where it's like people want yeah. all of the supplemental information on it, you know? So Right. Now, I, I still need to watch it, and that way I can get an opinion for it myself here. So right. maybe hopefully this week, now that things are starting to kind of cool down as far as like um, other stuff that have been going on, uh, I'll get a chance to do that. And speaking of, uh, you know, new halo stuff and whatnot <laughs> not to be outdone there's also new destiny stuff uh bungie may be in the process of hiring for an animated destiny show 
hundred percent would be down for this. I, I like this idea. I like this idea yeah. too. Yeah. Because if if you remember back when Destiny first launched, I've said it many times. We were expecting this big, like almost transmitting, like Star yeah. Trek style game that was just going to keep telling this huge story about all right. these different things happening. Yep. And we didn't get it. So right. we, we know what we got. We got a game that was heavily pushed to sell more content annually yep. and, and to do all the extra nickel and diming. So Thanks, I Activision. That, I, I really uh, do think yeah. that this is a route they can go that will yep. take us back and give us some of those memories we had early on of that world and, and of that, that story being told that way. Um, I mean, it's still super early, way too early to know if any of this is like actually going to follow through or not, because it's just still a maybe hiring for an animated show. And well, we, we were kind of... May, it end up not even happening. Yeah. Well, we were kind of speculating that as this was a possible reason why Bungie would allow themselves to get acquired by Sony, because Sony Production Studios being now available for them to be able to coordinate a show like this to happen that would be like the trade-off between sony getting access to their online tech and infrastructure that they've developed over these last what is it eight years now that destiny has been a thing just give me a series that follows cage six give me nathan yes the voice actor and that's all i need just give that'd me be the great narrator. just let it be like let it be like narrated by the main three like I yeah. think that would be like a, a dope way of doing it is having these get, stories being narrated by them. Yeah, um, as the vanguard, get Gina Torres and Lance Reddick and uh, Nathan Fillion just to tell the story of that world and everything. Yeah, hit us up, Bungie, if you need uh, if you need some some storyboard ideas, we got them. <laughs> For sure. Uh, but you did mention you did say the bad A word during that last yep. little uh, that, that brief moment there. That's also. true. So. So Might be. Remember, we do have and there's the B things. word there too. <laughs> yeah, we do have to remember that Activision Blizzard still exists. Exactly. And uh, in a in a stunning, stunning forward-thinking move on their part, uh, <laughs> they made an announcement earlier this week that they are converting all of their USQA staff to full time. Yeah. Yeah, so, so they're actually going to start paying people a slightly more livable wage. They're committing to it. They're bringing a ton of people on as full time. Right, which means yeah. they get benefits. Yeah, that's, so that's big. That's big. That yeah. Is, yeah, basically, um, Activision Blizzard is going to convert 1,100 contract employees to full time employee employees. Um, yeah, the minimum hourly pay will be $20 as of april 17th um activision publishing will see its headcount swell by 25 percent. so i guess that means we know that they have like 4500 people right right um let's see another so yeah the uh this was one of the main demands made by raven software's qa team in december when they began a two-month strike that ended with the vote in favor of unionization another demand of their QA team was to have Activision hire back their QA contractors whose layoffs had prompted the strike and offer them the positions as well. Um, they did get an update, so they asked uh, Activision Blizzard, will those laid off contractors be hired back? They said, well, this this uh, conversion affects the current 1,100 QA workers, right? It doesn't have anything to do with 
anything that's going on at Raven Studio. The Raven situation is limited to Raven. The testers whose contracts weren't extended were welcome then and now to apply for any jobs at the company. Yeah, I'm sure you'll rush to hire him back. <laughs> um, additionally, an Activision Blizzard rep told Bloomberg that the new minimum pay will not apply to Raven QA workers who voted for unionization, quote, due to legal obligations under the National Labor Relations Act. So they're like, uh, you know, they, their company still hasn't even recognized the union, so how can you quote um, NLRB shit on something that you don't even recognize exists, you know? Right. Not to mention so that is... there has not been an NLRB uh, ruling. So, like, it, it absolutely does not apply yet. It will, yeah, this... probably, shortly, but it doesn't. This is just a, a big, very, like, throw-your-dick-around-union-busting tactic. Mm-hmm. Their goal is to do this and to scare other people into saying, yeah, see, if you try to go union, you don't get these kinds of swings like we can give you, and, you know, this extra pay bump, this Which, of course, job. they're only getting because of the union. <laughs> like, yeah, they, this right. is the company they, saying, oh, shit, everybody could unionize and get whatever they want, so let's just give them a smaller slice of the pie than they're asking for let's try to to shut them up middle to scare them away from the table right and it it is i mean it's definitely true that like um you know several years ago unfortunately before i started because i would have been the biggest bitch in the universe about this um at my workplace there was a push to unionize the engineers and operators in one group so uh, basically we ended up getting killed on that because we were putting two groups that are kind of at you know in competition with each other we're trying to put them together so one group really the the group that had more people did not want to unionize so we ended up getting killed on it but um you know it's just like we get paid very well we have very good benefits and they were willing to fight to become unionized you know it it is like it's an it's a uh, business tactic to make people think that oh if you're in a union then you know you you just uh, you only get union jobs the union decides when you work they decide what your raise is they decide blah 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 it's like okay yeah that's true but the union is made up of you and your coworkers your coworkers are not going to vote to lower your paycheck because they're mean you know what i mean like and if they are then you're an absolute fucking weirdo you know, the, the only reason you could get everybody to turn against you like that is if you're a complete creep. So it's like, I, 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 I we're starting to see some major breakthroughs, right? So Starbucks has what, 20 unionized stores that have all happened within the last year. So right. as soon as you see the breakthrough case, this becomes possible. We see a breakthrough happening at Amazon. Um, we may see a breakthrough happen at Activision which could lead to a breakthrough in Microsoft, which could lead to a breakthrough in the entire tech industry. That's a, that's the main reason why most movies are so CG dependent. CG workers are not unionized. So you can work them as much as you want for as cheap as you want. Right. You know? So it's like, this stuff would just generally make things better. Like, I mean, just looking at the economy, looking at things like that, we can see that when more people are unionized, we're doing better. So... I mean, it just needs to happen. Like, the the businesses... I mean, we already joked about, right? The uh, the fact that everything is in a race to the bottom in the U.S. Um, it, unfortunately, it only makes a floor, right? So to... If we do a Activision testers union, I don't know, that has, you know, 1,100 members, mm-hmm. all they can do is set the bare minimum. 
It's kind of right. like the government, right? It's like minimum wage. All it's doing is setting a minimum. It's not saying uh, every business from now on, every time Jeff Bezos makes $5, I'm going to go to his house and shoot his wife or whatever. You know what I mean? It's Jesus. They set the bare minimum. So things can go up from there, but they don't have to. So it, it, it always blows me away when Activision or like Howard Schultz had this horrible, I'm so glad that he only got a quarter of 1% of the vote in the presidential primaries because like he had this stupid conference where he was saying like uh you know businesses right now are being threatened or are being uh placed under a crippling fear of unions it's like okay so you you're admitting that you have a bad business and you want to mistreat your workers and you're afraid that you're not gonna be able to do that anymore like right starbucks dude <laughs> you think starbucks can't afford to give everybody an extra dollar an hour you know it, it's just it's wild or these companies amazon the yeah the, or the, the ability to just have like humanized schedules that you right. can rely on right like that should be just a given you should have to fight to have an unusual schedule right you know? if if you don't just get scheduled five days a week from whatever to whatever based on the number of hours you want if you aren't given that it should be because you argued and fought to have a weird schedule for some reason you know, for childcare or I, whatever. I wish that like small box retail establishments had the potential to unionize because that was one of the biggest headaches working the last job. Well, you that, do, but it's just insanely difficult. And it, what are so like you can't be management, if you're right? Management, you can't you, you can't be involved can't with management. In, so right. and and that's the problem with small box retail is that's all it is. Basically, everybody's a manager. Yeah, it's it, it, it's either you're a manager or you work four hours every two weeks, which means right. you don't matter. And you don't have any relationship with any coworkers. Uh, yeah, you're completely outnumbered. Um, yeah, what would it take to unionize the Finley Mall GameStop? It, it, it's basically impossible to envision. Yeah, you You'd have to have the it. most communist uh, 17-year-old in existence, <laughs> and they would have to be charismatic, which is probably the hard part. Yeah, it's, just, you know, it's not. It's, it's not it's happening. It's not a thing that's doable. We talked. I talked about it with a lot of peers when I was there, and that was the the biggest headache is that we were all managers, and yep. we knew we were all treated like dirt. We were treated like absolute garbage. We couldn't do anything about it because we, everyone was like, "You guys should unionize," and it's like you, you, we can't. It's basically we, not we possible. Really can't. It's it, not it, possible if you're. Well, yeah, the managers can't. You would have to first argue that you're not a manager, and you'd have to successfully win that argument, which means they would cut your pay. And they'd cut your benefits and shit, right? And then you would have to go on a multi-year movement to try to get people unionized. It, it, it's it's not possible. You would starve to death before you pulled it off. I mean, you're so, starve to death anyway, but... You might starve to death anyway. That's unrelated. That's because you didn't hustle and grind uh, 186,000 times harder than everybody else like Jeff Bezos did. With a small loan from his parents. Um... Yeah, okay, I think I got my soapbox out of my system on that one. Yeah, I think I do probably need to make a political podcast, huh? <laughs> I think Jay was right. It's just like, there's, there, it's awesome to see that some companies can work toward it, but then when this kind of stuff gets out there and it really gets pushed as the good news, I'm just really glad that we have other people out there in the media world that can acknowledge that this is like this is the red herring this is the yeah this is the wizard of oz like big floating head to get you to think one way when you got to remember that behind the scenes this is actually them stepping on the little guy and, and standing up higher with it and right. you know like that that is a thing that i think about a lot where 
any kind of i mean again like you know i work a government adjacent job right like it's relatively important that we are safe more than most industries we are significantly safer than most industries and stuff and we have like i mean i can just say to anybody at any time like i i'm not comfortable doing that work and they can't make me do anything right and i'm kind of in a position where i sort of can't be punished because of if they like make me disgruntled i can really harm like the ability of the business side to function i i don't really have the knowledge to harm the uh, public safety aspect and i don't want that knowledge <laughs> but uh there are people there that could you know they could go awol and they could cause some major fucking safety problems you know and right. uh, the company knows that so they treat everybody really well and they give really good benefits and everybody has the ability to say no to work right so like we have a lot of advantages that unions get but we have no we have no collective power right i can say i'm not doing that which means that the manager will call somebody else to go do it and if it's right. just generally a bad idea so we actually have a process where we can have a a professional uh what do they call it a professional engineering disagreement or something like that where if they're really going to go do something and I'm telling management or whoever I'm telling this group do not do this it is going to cause a problem I can actually sign off on a document that says officially I have told them not to do this and if they do it I'm not accepting any responsibility for this right, right. like I've said do not do it and you can put that in writing submit it through the company it becomes an official record it's searchable by the government you know they can see that specifically me said don't do that and uh you know it helps hold managers accountable and shit like that but um you know i i can do that it's not that the engineering department can do that it's not that the engineers group can do that right so ultimately the thing is still going to happen and then it's going to be bad and then i'm going to say i told you so and then i have to help recover from the bad thing they just did right whereas if we had that group the group could say this isn't happening period it's not that we don't support it happening it's not happening because we know for sure that it's bad right so they like the company wants to give you the least that they can that's their that's the point so when they pay me whatever i just got a nice raise it wasn't enough to cover inflation but fine whatever you know i i guess technically i got a decrease because of that but it was only small they would pay me less if they could and i've made it clear that i'm happy to take a different job if they want to pay me less and then i'll just leave them up fucking shit's creek you know so it, it's like it, everybody should have that leverage you know if you're a fucking starbucks barista they staff with exactly the right number of starbucks baristas that if one person calls off it's a disaster that that's every place it's that's, that's everywhere that's, that's, that's every all place, retail like, that's, that's every, all that's manufacturing that's all yep. shipping that's all fucking Dude, everything except for weapons manufacturing it's, it's banking now too it's everything yeah we're, we're at the point now where with my job my company is making some changes they are eliminating in-person tellers in many locations and yeah. moving to virtual because yeah. some other banks have already done that successfully 
Um, like, yeah, they'll still have at least one working to be able to do other stuff, like to, if it's needed, because there's some things the machines can't do, but most of it's going to be machine operated. It's like we're adding the self checkouts to banks now. Yeah. Um, it is. And that's just the progression of automation for so many things, and we're just going yeah. to be seeing even more of that here as time goes on. Yeah, we uh, it, we lost yeah. uh, we lost somebody a couple or about a month and a half ago now, and we just found out they're not replacing that person. So we're yep. just going to run one less. Um, yep. We're going to start running a tighter schedule, and we've already had it happening where if one person calls off, the manager is frantically calling like the next step up to be like, "Hey, we need this person. We need someone here to cover this spot today because we had a call off." Now it's yep. like we need to make sure we have some. We can borrow this person for this week because we have a vacation scheduled for that week. Um, I'm starting yep. to get into the, the the scenario of it's starting to feel a lot more like the retail aspect of it um, because we are starting to run that that thinner, and they're trying to tell us, oh well, you're only predicted or you're only predicted to be able to, to do this, so you can one person can handle that. Okay, and then what's the other person that's still here going to do? Oh, they're going to be sitting in the lobby telling people where to go. Right. Okay, and so what's that do? Well, tell them, you know, teach them, teach other people how to use the ATM to do stuff that's needed. Teach them how to do this with self-service options. Mm-hmm. So teach them how to do the other things that reduce our overall transaction count, which reduces our need for having more than one person performing those transactions. Got it. Right. Yeah, it's like the Amazon delivery drivers, right? It's okay. It, it will take you exactly according to Google Maps you know, five minutes and 42 seconds to go from point A to point B. It's like, okay, that's the direct distance. If there's nobody on the road, if there's no red lights, if there's no stop signs, then technically, yes, you're correct. That's how long it'll take. But a human being needs time to get in the car and buckle their seatbelt, uh, you know, reorient where they are, back out of a driveway uh, safely and not hit another car, uh, navigate to the next place. When you're actually there, and you're within two or three house numbers, you have to slow down and pay attention and figure out which house it is exactly. Because if you get that wrong, you're going to be punished by the company for messing up. You need to take a bathroom break. You need to eat. You need to you get stuck in red lights. An old lady is going 15 miles an hour in front of you for half of the trip. Like, it's and simply... It's a no-passing like, line. <laughs> you can't control that, you know? And, like, in an Amazon warehouse, you can control that because you have robots running around and people are on a particular schedule and you know you can navigate so that uh john and dave never cross paths and bump into each other you know it's all doable with software and everything but you can't do that in the real world so these drivers have limits that are impossible to meet right and the company tries to like learn or whatever so like if it's supposed to be a five minute delivery and it turns into an eight minute delivery that's added into the calculation but that still never accounts for things like bathroom breaks, lunch breaks. Speaking of bathroom breaks, holy shit, I'm exploding over here. <laughs> so, like, I have a lot of caffeine in my system right now. That, that's okay. feeding into all this as well. We only got a but, couple um, more stories to go here. Yeah. So, actually, we can actually we can pirate right, right off of that because we were uh, talking about... Unrealistic um, expectations? Square Enix and unrealistic expectations and rides to the bottom and shit like that. So, there are companies, you know that release something that gets, eh, you know, it gets praise, critical reception, and it doesn't really hit the sales numbers that they wanted. And they say, you know what? That's a success. We made something yeah. good. We d- we defied expectations. 
the expectations weren't necessarily sales-based, but we think we did a good job. And that's what Eidos Montreal is saying about Guardians of the Galaxy, which, of course, um, kind that's of almost like said. a... It's almost like a joke at this point where, um, you know, Square Enix said, oh, that game underperformed. And it's like, dude, this is a game that people saw at, like, E3 or whatever the E3 substitute was and said, this I think looks it like was shit. E3. Yeah. This is dog shit. That's one I can ignore. And this is coming right off of the uh, Avengers game failure. Right. And so you already had that um, negative um, right. perspective going into it. And then when the game, even in demos, right? Even with behind, you know, with professional demos that were given to reviewers and stuff, they were like, well, it seems like something's here, but I don't know if they're going to be able to pull it off. It seems kind of weird. Right. They're going for a lot of different things. And I'm not sure they're going to hit. And the final game hit, dude. The final game came together. And it was it, completely dude. defied, like, every review. If you go look up a review of Guardians of the Galaxy, every review says, this is way better than we were expecting. Right? Yeah. Like the It was main a fantastic it. game. Yeah. It was, it was awesome. I mean, I, I like the game a lot. It's... I mean, to be fair, I guess it was in my style of game that I like. Right. But it was very it good. It had a that, very... Mass Effect could, uh, yeah. inspiration to the overall you, you structure. Could, you could see the like Mass Effect 2 DNA in it. Exactly. Sure. And um, yeah, I mean, it, from all from from every metric except for sales, it did way better than expected. And it's like that just that means that you're expecting too much in sales, right? Uh, I mean, it, it's yeah. obvious. Um, it's always that, and and this that's the the big realization that people need to have is. You've got to remember that a company's job is to make money. A company's right. job for is its to a corporation for its stakeholders. Yes. Yeah. For its it, stakeholders, it, it, their, their job is yeah. to make money. That is it. By any means necessary. That is why you have things that are so riddled with microtransactions. That is why you have things that are so DLC focused and so game as a service mentality. Right. And that's because why people everything get mad at this people get mad at the studios when it's not their fault right? right because they're setting unrealistic expectations because if they're not making you know growth after growth after growth you know um margins for every single quarter and stuff like that by the very definition of which the company exists in is failing right and it's, well that's a thing too that breaking even is not succeeding right so for me right. as a human being you know at the end of the month if I pay all my bills, if I have no credit card debt, if I all my loans are in good standing, I have a house, I have a car, you know, I have groceries in the fridge. If that's all true, for me, as a normal person, that's a W. You know that I, you know, chicken dinner achieved. Like, right. I I have you know automatic withdrawals for retirement savings and stuff. You know, good luck anybody our age ever getting to that. Yeah. But um. You know, it's these companies breaking even is considered a big failure, right? Right. Making ten percent growth is good. We could have done better this year. You know, it's psychotic. I, I just don't understand how you can think it's that you can continually grow. I mean, Square Enix. What's a publisher we would put on the same standing or something as Square Enix, like? They're AAA, but they're, I guess they're not quad A or whatever. 
Yeah, so like not a lot of other ones you can really put up there. Capcom, I, mean, I guess. Bandai. Maybe Konami. I don't know. Yeah, well, no, not anymore. But Konami, old Konami, no. maybe. I can't even put Capcom that big anymore. I honestly, I I still put, I still it's, it's Square Enix. They're still massive. I'm still gonna put right. them at the same tier as like Ubisoft. It's yeah. just that yeah. Ubisoft is more focused on so few IPs at once, though, whereas Square Enix has more developers under their under their umbrella. Right. Well, they're, yeah, yeah. Well, things. more variety of developers. Right. Yeah, like yeah. they're not recycling the same like three things. Every... Well, not just that, but recycling three things that are also just recycling each other at this point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like they're still up there, but yeah. it, again, it it comes. And I like Ubisoft that. games. You know, that, that's just what they are. Yeah. Um, yeah, like it's, but, you're, you're going to play the same game. It's just, yeah. is it a third-person action-adventure game, or is it a first-person shooter, or is it a sports right. ca- a sports right. racing game where you're driving across country? But yeah, this I mean, idea that um, this idea that they that Square Enix seems to have is that okay, Tomb Raider one, the 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 new Tomb Raider that was in what 2012 or whatever, um, that's expected to you know we want uh, it, all of the Tomb Raider games missed sales expectations. They were low. Yeah. And it's like, it's just like, that means your expectations are wrong. You know, it's, if I come home at the end of every day and I have to make the tweet that's like, uh, somebody please help me budget and my family is starving or whatever. And it's like, you know, uh, Tomb Raider, 25 bucks, uh, you know, Marvel's the Avengers, $50 a month, uh, Kingdom Hearts 4, $16 trillion. And it's like, help me budget. Well, there's your fucking problem, dude. You're blowing all this fucking money on shit that is good, but maybe, maybe not. Somebody is, it, it's going to make, you know, 15 million in sales. You know, it's just, it's so weird that they think that, okay, Tomb Raider 1 needs to hit 15 million. Okay, we didn't. All right, Tomb Raider 2 needs to hit 30 million. It's like, well, we already didn't hit 15. So how the fuck are we going to double the audience for something that already failed? You know, like, or to their estimation, failed. I don't right. consider. I think. I think they're very good games. I played them. I like them. I played the DLC. They got more than sixty dollars out of me on all of them, right? And it, that's just not good enough. Like these companies have to see growth every year, every game, every title, every. You know, they have to and see the growth. And it's often short-term. That's the problem. Right. They don't uh, care yeah. if they make a good Tomb Raider franchise. It doesn't have to have artistic relevance. It has to make money. Yeah. And That's I, all I they give a shit about. One of the biggest reasons that it's... that One of the biggest reasons that Square is so vocal about things not hitting their expectations is the, the last time they really dropped something that would have been very shareholder-focused was their games-of-service attempts with Avengers. Right. And it flopped. So we've seen it, that happen yeah. with many companies with uh, Bioware. I mean, Bioware will fail and die because EA said make more money. Yeah, it's and it's for the shareholders. It always is. Right. When you're a publicly traded company, it's no different than when we, you know, when when I was with GameStop, it publicly traded was the biggest headache because there was no five year plan. Yep. All you can have is the like six month to one year plan everything is set for the entire fiscal year and there's no way to recover from it everyone shareholders have already been told this there's no excuses well yep. this game just got delayed eight months that was going to be our big summer game we what can't control now? that 
Yeah, but you can't control it, but now you're accountable for it. You right. still have to find a way to fix it. They have to Psycho. give it back and say, well, you got to sell all these fucking board games now. you got to sell all these stuffed animals now. you gotta, you got to sell these pre-owned systems that we don't have now. Yep. And it's, it's, it's because it's all in that short term. But when you look at something bigger that takes years of work to get to, that's why we're stuck with games as a service in so many places is mm-hmm. because those games are years in development and you still have to want to attract new buyers and new new investors so that, you know, oh, this game's going to drop and it already has a season pass plan for it. And over the next eight months, we're going to be releasing this much content for it that's going to drive even more sales for it. That sounds promising. That sounds enticing. Yes, I'll invest some of my money into you so we can see that growth happen. But when it's something let's like the stuff that Square Enix has been dropping, all that they're allowed to, all they can really afford to do is set those high sales goals. They don't have that follow through of the the additional DLC, the additional microtransactions, the the additional seasons of a game that keep people coming back for more. Which is why, yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy was a great one and done. Mm-hmm. phenomenal one and done but if you go back before all these game studios were so focused on being publicly traded and everything was such a big deal go back to like Super Nintendo, PS1, Nintendo all the older eras of gaming everything was one and done things yeah. were massive successes for being one and done the problem is we've moved that goalpost so far because that's where people are throwing the money people are throwing the money further and further away so the goalpost keeps getting moved so that you have to stress harder, you have to force things harder. You can release a perfect 10 out of 10, award-winning, record-breaking game, but if it does not hit your sales expectations, you don't win. You lose money because your investors are upset that you didn't make them extra money because their passive income needs to be higher. Yeah. Right. All right, I've got I've got the final uh, <laughs> the final word on that. So. Speaking of the sales, I've got the sales (laughs) figures of the uh, the latest, um, the newest Tomb Raider games. So the 2013 Tomb Raider did 14 and a half million. Rise of the Tomb Raider in 2015 did 11.8 million. Shadow of the Tomb Raider did 8.9. So they have been they've been losing two and a half three million sales on each game. So okay, I could understand being disappointed in that, right? Uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 6 million it underperformed the worst Tomb Raider game and yet that's considered a huge success for Square Enix and Tomb Raider is considered a huge <laughs> failure for very similar lie. similar cost in fact Kingdom Hearts is more expensive it's because it's the favorite of some dude in corporate but also look at how much other licensing like that's true all the, the merch itself? Yes, all the, um, the games themselves or are you looking at the other licenses that go along with it because yeah like i don't know when i've ever gone to a store and have seen like a 12 pack of um of a lara croft socks yeah. but i have definitely seen 24 packs of kingdom hearts socks i've had to fire somebody for stealing kingdom hearts keychains and beanies and backpacks that's awesome i i have had so oh my much gosh. That person so was cool. much Kingdom Hearts everything <laughs> shoved down my throat because it's all it's the big thing. That's that true, but to... that's also publisher action, right? That stuff doesn't materialize out of thin air because your game is successful. So right. like it's are they are is is uh, Square Enix going to give Crystal Dynamics funding to go make Tomb Raider socks? No. They're it's, they're probably it... taking a loss on that even. 
I mean, the, the, the oh, initial yeah. merch it's, it's movements, the they take a loss on push. it. And it's, it, we're at the point now where I, I really do feel like Kingdom Hearts as a whole isn't even, it's, it, it, is, it isn't selling because of its success. No, no, I'm sorry. It's not, it's not successful because it's selling. Right. It's selling because of its success. Right. Because right. It it's already a crazy thing way back when the first game came out. And well, I can't even imagine, like, think about the initial cost of getting Mickey Mouse to sign off on anything. Well, back then, it wasn't as big. Well, Disney back was kind of in a weird like, spot at the time. Yeah. yeah. That's way true. back like, then, it was like, this is 90s, new. 90s, 2000s. Yeah, it's yeah. like this is a new territory to get into. Let's try this out. That's true. Now they've seen the success on it. Since then, yeah. Disney has released tons of their own games. So you'll never guess what our final news story is. Um, it's the Kingdom Hearts 20th anniversary, and they're teasing three games. Um, so one of them has been revealed before. Uh, Kingdom Hearts Chai? King- Cross Kingdom Hearts Cross Union. Cross Union Dark Road. <laughs> Can we make the name a little longer, please? I'm, I kind of understand what it's saying. Um, yeah, that's that's yeah, going to so, be a free mobile game coming out. Right. It's like a. Year. It's like a. It's almost like doing the 2D, like, art like story driven thing that I actually think that Square Enix is pretty good at. So. I, I mean, I have to see, like, I, they don't really show gameplay. They show story progression, right? They show, like, conversational cutscenes, basically. I want to see, like, what is actual gameplay, or is it, like, a visual novel, right? Um, but, I mean, hey, it's free on mobile uh, August 2022, so I guess it's not like I'm going to lose money if I try it out or something, right? Um, so that was the first thing they showed off. That, Like I said, that's been teased in the past. So they had two announcements. Uh, one of them, uh, also for mobile, going coming to beta in late 2022. Kingdom Hearts Missing Link. So you play as a caveman. No, wait, no, that's something else. Uh, you Basically, you're like a caster. I don't know, you seem kind of to be almost like a... You're like a Keyblade cop or something. And you're like... He's like much more casting focused. You're like sort of like summoning... You're like using an emblem of like goofy to like shoot a shield it's, rocket it's and you're really like using weird. an emblem of donald to cast spells and stuff I don't, it seems odd it, it could be cool it's like it it looks like it's taking place in some very big bland worlds though right because it's on mobile like yeah. it, it's a 3d action game on mobile i just don't think that's the, the uh, is, like, <laughs> correct market 3d action games have been done well on mobile though They've been done successfully well. Well, certainly in Asia. Like, we don't really look do it at, in, in um, the U.S. I know I keep bringing it up, but, like, look at games like The Pathless. That was an excellent mobile port. Well, that was on mobile? mobile port. Yeah. No, I just mean in general. Holy shit. Like, I, it's I a part of uh, Apple Arcade. I did not know that. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's certainly doable. This looks... I mean, this is one of those games that, like, if you play this, you're a Kingdom Hearts freak. <laughs> um, they're going to play it because there's like 714 hours into the story. There's going to be like a, a reveal for a guy who's in the background in one of the cutscenes of like what his backstory is. Um, again, like a game where the success of it is in 
the worlds and the the stories that they get into like kingdom hearts you could never explain it to a normal person my mom cannot conceive of what kingdom hearts is it is not possible there's no way to it's like medieval peasants like you're not going to teach them how to read it's so hard that i literally their brain is not wired to handle it yet i struggle with it and right. I'm here commenting on this it podcast, and like exactly. as you talked about this, I'm like my eyes glazed over. I'm like, ah, yep. uh, <laughs> sure. That is how you achieve a blazing five million sales on a flagship <laughs> product that you spend like fourteen billion dollars on. But uh, you know, it, it's it's this is like a chain of memories or something. It's a it's a fill in before the next major game comes out to give you a little bit of background, maybe a couple ideas of what they're going for. So like chain of memories was like uh, well you'll be shocked to hear that it was very like memory focused <laughs> and it was like you're as you progress through the game you're like losing memories and then it turned out in kingdom hearts 2 well wouldn't you know it Sora had lost all of his memories and he was being like rebuilt in the uh goo pod God, so that's not even don't just don't stop folks, stronger faster he was, he was in, more he intelligent was in like a he was in like a a, a jar if you will Dude, and people were paying know. tribute to his memory it's no just so don't it's go to that. youtube um he went to youtube sora was streaming feet and uh the final <laughs> announcement they did caused uh every weird kid i went to high school with to collectively uh pay tribute on the internet all at once yep uh kingdom hearts 4 which i accidentally teased by just trying to make fun of a weird thing that square enix would make and spend too much money on so kingdom hearts 4 you're gonna love this sora is in the real world this time kind of a real world it's basically final fantasy versus uh 13 kingdom hearts 4 reckoning yeah this is all this is the rest of the ideas that uh Nomura couldn't use during um the final fantasy 13 versus stuff right um which became what 14 or 15 i I can't remember no don't even ask it became the road trip game no, the, this is just they showed it, they dropped the trailer for Kingdom Hearts four, and as someone who already hates Kingdom Hearts, <laughs> you hate it even more now. It's so annoying to watch this trailer. Yeah, um, what if Sora, who looks like a cartoon, is on a couch? Dude, it showed us Sora's bare feet, so we know that Sora does not actually have giant clown feet. He just wears giant clown shoes, but apparently not in this trailer. But then we go from the super like realistic, like very. I find it interesting like, that the uh, so yeah, like a girl come comes in like wakes him up, which happens in every Kingdom Hearts game for some reason. Notice that they put her in socks because they're like we cannot show a woman's feet, but I, I think they're missing the point that it's about the feet. It's not about who the feet are attached to. Yeah, that's like the top. Uh, right? That's the top um, post in the Elden Ring community on Steam right now. It's about feet. It's a, yeah, it's a, it's an entire guide to feet. It's a guide yep. to all the feet in the game. Yep. So yeah, they're doing like a, a relatively realistic, it's still stylized, which I actually think is really smart. Because again, I think that'll help it age. Um, that's funny that we were able to tie that back in. A big like spooky guy shows up, Sora has to hit him with a, a stick 15 times and then he dies yeah, or whatever. It looks like he doesn't have much of a heart. Yeah. He is, can uh, probably say that he is heartless. He is heart lacking. Yeah. He's, no hearts? Made in less behavior. Sure. So... Um, he makes like a car fly. It's pretty cool stuff. Uh, I'm gonna probably that, like, spend eighty dollars on this game. God, 
God, I keep forgetting that you even remotely cared about Kingdom Hearts because I absolutely fucking yeah. hate the series. I was really into <laughs> Kingdom Hearts. Uh, I was really into Kingdom Hearts one when it first came out. So was I. I but then my I whole friend up. group, my whole friend group, was really into Kingdom Hearts. So. I was they were like too, but playing the. I, the uh, I learned that like it's. I learned that it's objectively it's, really not good. It's fine. The controls are terrible. Like, yeah. I tried to play. The last time I tried to play Kingdom Hearts is I bought the PS3 version of the 1.5 and 2.5. Yep. Hated it. You know what else I did? Fucking bought it all on PS4. Yep. Traded it all back in. You know what else I did? I bought fucking it again. finally caved and bought like the all-in-one complete. This is every Kingdom Hearts game in one collection yep. for PS4. And you know what fucking happens? Still never touched it because I hate the games. And then this bullshit happens. <laughs> You'll be buying this. Don't worry. You'll have the collector's edition. No, no, I will not have. Be a strong. So be strong, Johnny. I'm not a. I'm not enough of a Disney fan to buy a collector's edition. If there was more of a Final Fantasy focus to the stuff, still that would be different. Where they lost me was when they stopped focusing on anything Final Fantasy related. They really to it, did and all the way over towards yeah. the Disney side of it because that's where all the money was. So Kingdom Hearts two, like the main plot line, sort of was like Cloud and Sephiroth again. Which I guess that was like right after Advent Children came out. So maybe that was some kind of they were just had the shit ready to roll. They had all the 3D models at high res and everything. But, like, yeah, the the next one completely pulled back from that. Kingdom Hearts 3, I was largely disappointed in it, I think. Um, I, I certainly have no interest in going back to it. But, uh, I don't know, I gotta see more. Um, if they are just doing what it looks like, which is, what if Sora had to fight Heartless in a weird version of Tokyo? then I'm probably not interested. <laughs> um, Square Enix really has lost me, like, largely. Um, just due to their business layout and, like, what they're just interested in, I guess. My um, problem is that I would much rather have woken up to a Final Fantasy 16 video this morning. Yeah, yeah. It might be. Yeah, what if they're a crossover? What if yeah, they're the same go, game? Go, go fuck yourself. What if they're the oh, same man. game? Don't you dare put that evil into the world. <laughs> Final Fantasy 16 colon Kingdom Hearts 4. Shut up. Don't That's... you dare put that evil in the world. No, it already dude, is there out is there. Already... <laughs> dude, I am on YouTube and there is already a Kingdom Hearts 4 revealed trailer analysis video with 3.4 thousand It's 16 views. hours long, yeah. It's 7 minutes long and it's... What is the analysis? Uh, what if uh, a guy with a uh, cartoon was in the world? Uh, it's, uh, in the background here, you can see uh, a businessman that works at Sprint. Now he fights a giant smoke monster. Is this a lost tie-in? 17 uh, crazy Easter eggs you missed in the one and a half second uh, CG Kingdom Hearts, trailer. Kingdom Hearts 4 <laughs> will have Sora in Quadratum alongside Strelitzia. Dun, 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 dun. Meanwhile, alongside what? Goofier, Strelitzia, I guess that's the person's name. I don't like that. Meanwhile, Donald and Goofy are searching for something to bring Sora back. Kingdom Hearts will likely be PS5 title. Um, and it's just this awful, stupid, seven-minute-long breakdown of, like... Sora's soul did not have the two coins to cost the river sticks. Uh -huh. We gotta bring him back from hell! Oh my god, there's even a point where they, Psychotic. like... Psychotic. This dude, like, pauses the video at one point to look uh, at the yeah. sports store and try to decipher... <laughs> All the that are on the sign, including like the different in-game language. Bad. It, oh my god, it's bad, so guys. Bad. bad, bad. Here's where we're missing our mark. Here, we could be blowing up right now if we were doing our own commentary of Kingdom Hearts. We just have to sell our Kingdom Hearts lore breakdown. 
No, I mean, you just said, like, right here, you got, like, a seven-minute breakdown video. The thing was only seven minutes long, so they're probably just... The whole just thing coming. was seven minutes. So, <laughs> so if they're just doing... If we just sold our trailer, souls away I and pretended that, but... like we cared, we could geek in hundreds of thousands of views on our videos. I love the stuff that... that's, like, uh, it's like a five-hour video of, like, a complete breakdown of what happened in this 20-minute segment of a movie. This is like, this bro. is our <laughs> it was 20 This minutes. is what we need to do. Some people become political grifters and push a bunch That's of fear mongering, hate mongering. Yep. We need to become Kingdom Hearts grifters and just sell our souls away for for what? Cash. 5 million total sales? <laughs> These people are broke. They're poor. <laughs> Their shit sucks. I I Johnny's convinced me this shit sucks. I hate Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> Yeah, so, you know, I mean, it's it's that type of thing that, like, I don't know. I, I always think that they could be doing something really cool, you know? I, I like to see the I think we I literally like said coming. that as I was watching it. It's like, yeah. you know, this isn't, like, they, they have possible here, to make a good they just Kingdom did Hearts something game. different. <laughs> yeah, it is possible to make a good Kingdom Hearts game. It can be done. Will it be done? No. They're not the right studio anymore. I just need to know what... So... All right, so hang on now. We have to remember what Disney games have come, or what Disney games, what Disney movies have come out since after Kingdom Hearts 3 came out. Okay, so there's going to be a Turning Red world. Right? Man. Sora's going to turn into a, a, a green... Um, he's going to turn into a green... This will be the one where it actually goes all Marvel and Star Wars. Oh, no. You have Luca. Oh no, because he's set in the real world now, so they can do like live action yep. stuff. No. Oh no. Fuck me. Oh no. God damn it. Sora's <laughs> gonna become the new Iron Man. God. Oh no. Hey, Thanos, drop the gauntlet. Oh, they won't. Put use those the fingers down. They they won't use the Marvel villains though. You know better. No, they, they will. All the heroes and stuff, and they might throw like mis misunderstood versions of like Star Wars and Loki. I, I, what are I'm you just, doing here? I'm just picturing the trailer with no sound effects, like the last one, and that was doing so Thanos, funny. And Thanos does his Thanos snap, but there's just no sound to, that goes along with it. Yep, it's completely silent snap. Uh, Sora was snapped out of existence by Thanos. And uh, Donald and Goofy have to figure out how to use the Infinity Stones to bring him back. Hashtag Thanos That's did nothing wrong. The Eternals. The entire game is a, is a tie-in with the inter uh, Eternals, which also massively underperformed. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Oh my god, I can't anymore. I can't wait I... to see uh, Zigwe and Thourmore team up with Sora, or whatever the fuck all those characters were. What if just, like, the whole game you 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 have Kumail with you, but he's just insanely muscular? And he's not playing the character, he's Kumail. <laughs> be cool. He's like your, uh... Doing the, the finger little, guns. What's the little, uh, late... What's the little, uh, fairy that hangs out with Link? Everybody hates Navi. Him. Yeah, he's your Navi. Or the one from, uh, Majora's Mask, whose name I forget. Isn't Navi the name of the aliens in uh, fucking whatever the yeah. James Cameron oh. shit is? Bro, it's gonna be Avatar. Yeah, the whole Avatar. game set in Avatar. Oh god, Quadratum is this is the city that's made out of unobtainium. 
It's it's a giant floating city. Yep. We got it. The Heartless are trying to imperialize this country. I'm, yeah, I'm over at Kingdom Hearts, I think. Alright, folks. That's what we got for the week. Uh, let's see. Is there any additional stuff coming up? The weirdest part about Kingdom Hearts is that they announced it for us at, like, 7 a.m. So it's I like, woke up, I, okay. I fucking, I fucking woke up to the group chat message of yeah. Kingdom Hearts boards got announced. It's like, why the... Yeah. F- this why? is not my alarm. I was grocery like, shopping somehow, and I saw that and, like, they would. Somehow yep, this do- was worse than I'm, my actual I'm, uh, alarm going off. I'm looking to see if there's been any additional... Uh, news or anything and the first thing i see is my buddy posting is super excited for kingdom hearts 4 <laughs> don't listen to this craig do not listen jesus All right. christ i think that's it so i'm gonna go pokemon go throw myself into a volcano yep, I'm and gonna, uh i'm gonna pokemon go put some socks on and get some breakfast i'm or gonna pokemon, pokemon go, go ant proof my house ant proof good luck with that yeah, little bastards it, are crafty. A, yeah, they are. Oh, <laughs> uh, I thought you meant like A U N T for a second. I was really oh, even better. <laughs> oh God, that's the last thing we need in this world right I, now. It's an ant moot. My father's sister will not be visiting. Ooh. Ooh. All right, that's what we got. So I've been filter cord with me, Johnny Riot. Yep, yep. Enjoy and that major hearts, Lore, y'all. And major potty. Yo. Ooh.